So you already have music. That sounds like rock and roll. That's right. <laughs> What's going on, guys? This is the Connect Podcast. I'm sitting here with Matt Manning. I am Jared, and we have special guests with us, James Johnson. What is going on, James? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here, guys. Uh, so James is our resident Pearl Jam fan. Amen. And so uh, <laughs> as we're... As we're jumping into stuff today, uh, we want to just talk about the music industry and uh, what music we should be listening to or should not be listening to and how that affects us. And, and so that's where, really where we're going with today. And, and I wanted to kick us off. I know that we all have a little bit of a different eclectic style uh, when it comes to music. And so, Matt, I want to kick it over to you. I'm really curious, when you were growing up, middle mm. school, high school, what was your jam? Yeah, so name that jam. Name, name the jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had uh, I think a pretty eclectic, like, uh, music style. In fact, I was like made fun of in middle school and high school, and then in college, uh, a little bit probably as well. But listened to everything from like Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> to um, the first CD I ever bought was MC Scat Cat. Do you guys remember MC Scat Cat? I don't Cat? remember so MC, MC Scat, Scat Cat, Cat. Was this like? Uh, <laughs> A cartoon cat character that okay. sang with Paula Abdul. That, nice. Yes, and so that was actually the first CD I ever bought when I when I bought that. Do you remember so the first was, tape you ever had? Oh man, no, I don't. I don't remember tapes that much. <laughs> yeah, I think my mom had a lot of tapes, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember having any tapes. I got a free tape. We had a guy that was. Uh, my parents did. They, they we always had a room with somebody living there, um, and, and this guy was working at the family bookstore. Yeah, and uh, he brought home a sample tape of, uh, well, it was new thing, with DC Talk and also like Jesus Freak. Yeah, those were, that was my first tape that I remember. Nice. <laughs> but I got the I got the sample. Yeah, I just want I just want like CDs in the early '90s, mm-hmm. like when I was around 10 or 11 years old, and then I became a Christian when I was in middle school, and then like the whole Christian world kind of thing opened up. So I remember when DC Talk was at Red Rocks. And went and watched them at Red Rocks and some of the other bands during that time. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I saw DC Talk too. Were you at Red Rocks? I wasn't at were Red we, Rocks. Were we no. there together? Was it they were touring with Audio Adrenaline? Yeah, I don't remember that. And all I really remember is they did flips on stage. Yeah, I remember that too. Mm-hmm. They did that. That's the thing that sticks out to me. What about you, James? So as a kid, my older brother for my birthday every year would would buy me the album that he wanted. Um, as so, an us gift, yes, and I, I didn't realize it, but uh, so I got I got like the Eagles album, and I remember when he bought me ACDC Back in Black, mm-hmm. and uh, that's pretty. You was know, this on CD or was this on vinyl? It was on vinyl. Yeah, you grew yeah. up in a pretty cool time. Yeah, like, yeah, and it, yeah, and then uh, so so he he really controlled a lot of like my feeding of music and our mm-hmm. I, our uh, family wasn't a christian family so everything was like what what was hot in the culture yeah. yeah and then but in but in high school was really when uh i i was introduced to u2 and it was the music and it was the sound and it was bono but but it had a lot to do with like it was music with a purpose like mm-hmm. like the, like his social justice edge really spoke volumes to me so mm-hmm. it, it was kind of like the Beyond just the cool factor, yeah. it it was that it had a purpose. Where did you grow up? Um, in high school, I was in I was in Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hopping. Hopping. So, Hopping Scottsdale. Yeah. So I think this is why James is so cool is that he grew up and his first 
you know, was vinyl Eagles. Yeah. And mine was a CD of MC Scat Cat. That <laughs> <laughs> probably I, speaks yeah. to I think that's, the coolness yeah. factor that we have <laughs> yeah. here on the panel today. Yeah, I I grew up with <laughs> I grew up with uh with a lot of Christian influence too. Like my first concert was actually Carmen. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, yeah, right. Me too. Well, at least Me I too. wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, riot, you know. Uh, but when I was in middle school, I started getting influenced by outside, you know. And so I started listening to like Eminem and Corn and Limp Biscuit. There you go. Uh, you went way off the deep end. Oh, man. I went, I don't, I don't think my. I was pulling that stuff up. I actually, I, uh, a friend of mine, I texted him a lyric the other day, like the first lyric and the second line of it is really bad. And he wrote back to me, uh, don't text lines you can't finish or something like that, <laughs> like as a joke. It, and so, yeah, I don't, I did. I There was a lot of that stuff that um, we made like skate videos and used like corn music for to make our, our dumb little skate videos. I, I wish I knew where that video was. I feel like that would be, that would be gold. <laughs> Probably would be worth some money. That's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. To or, you. To me. To n- <laughs> and and maybe my mom. That's right. Uh, but uh, no, that that's good. I know that um, music is, is something that's super powerful and super impactful uh, for everyone. You know, uh, I've only met one person in my life that said I hate music. Mm-hmm. I never listen to it, and I never want to listen to it. And and they're really weird and odd uh, because that's not a normal thing, right? Everybody has music they, they like, and they like it for a particular reason. And uh, it's really interesting. They've done lots of studies and research and, and, and the way that uh, music affects us and, and affects our memory and our brain. I mean, just like smell, right? You can smell something, and it'll take you to a memory. Yeah. Uh, and I can hear different songs, and it and it immediately triggers something in my brain and uh they they've done studies about how lyrics uh if you're listening to lyrics you don't if there's a musical melody to it you don't actually have to process that lyric to put it into your long-term memory Mm -hmm. that it just somehow makes its way back every other kind of speech like we get to decide you know are we going to file that away or are we going to work at filing that away or is it just going to go in one ear and out the other and so uh and also just music with kids right like they, they've done stuff with classical music and, and baby einsteins and all of these things where they're using music that for whatever reason it, it helps that developmental process did you guys uh, i mean you you guys have your kids did you ever use baby einsteins or any of that stuff with with your kids oh totally totally yeah and 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 then as they got older um you know, kind of. I mean, uh, definitely, definitely, kind of guarding the the music we listen to as a family. Um, you know, so our kids because your kids are teenagers and n- now, yeah. yeah. So, but but early on, I mean, like, like it was uh, worship music and Johnny Cash mm-hmm. and you too, like because it's Johnny Cash and you know, <laughs> and it's you too. Yeah. So, but but I mean, those I, are your exceptions to the rule. Yeah, but we. <laughs> Like we, uh, we didn't, uh, we didn't sit down and cuddle up with, you know, with Black Sabbath as a family. Right. Come on, <laughs> gather around. We're gonna listen here, to, yeah. yeah, listen yeah. to this new Corn album. Yeah, for us, I don't know that we used music a lot in our house. 
the wiggles were a big deal uh-huh you know and so maybe we were turning off music more than turning, turning it, it on, on. Yeah, yeah you know fruit salad mm-hmm. yummy yummy <laughs> like that's that's 13 years ago and i still remember yeah those songs yeah so. matt has yeah. a fun house that's totally fun yeah. <laughs> what about now though i mean you like your oldest how he's 13 yeah so do you have conversations about music i know like i remember being a teenager and saying oh what I listen to doesn't affect me, and you know you're you're on your your high horse saying how it doesn't, but the reality is is that it it does. Yeah. Um. And so, have you had any of those conversations with with any of your kids? Yeah, a little bit to that. I mean, Theo's definitely more into music now as a 13 year old than the other two are specifically, and you know, one of his big things is uh, he loves the Hamilton soundtrack. Like I think most everybody at this point yeah uh loves that when you he, said hamilton the first thing that went in my head was the hansen soundtrack <laughs> and i'm like well, i'm like wow yeah theo and the hansons Hans- <laughs> the hansen brothers <laughs> no yeah, yeah that's right no, so <laughs> you that's it yes that's so no, hamilton got it hamilton, hamilton yeah, yeah hamilton and uh you know listen to some um oh man i'm just spacing out the the uh rapper spoken word artist that's a believer nf uh, nf yes. yeah yeah nf and so he's uh, i've introduced him to nf which we've been able to have some conversations around that because nf he's a believer mm-hmm. um, but a lot of the things that he speaks to speaks to um a little bit more of the real the real space of life and so mm-hmm. having conversations about that and what does that look like and so that's right now where his musical preference is and i try to pay attention to what he's listening to because i assume that's what probably most of culture is listening to yeah yeah, it's hard too. I mean, because you you want to know what is driving culture, right? Uh, James and I were just in the hallway yesterday talking about like like Billie Eilish. Yeah. Um, and I mean, she's cre- I've been creeped out, you know, when she first came out with stuff, and and it was something that someone's like, man, because I was I was doing youth ministry at that time, and they're like, you got to know who she is and kind of know mm-hmm. what the message is that she's putting out there. Um, and uh, I think that you have kind of a different take on it than I do. But I mean, I, I hear it and I'm just like, oh, I'm ready to turn it off because there's just something uh, that feels dark to me about what what she's doing. Um, and, and what were you saying? Like even just like her techniques, her recording techniques? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, as a as a musician, I mean, hearing how they record her voice like so close to the mic and it's compressed in a way that it sounds like she's whispering literally right into your ear. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's and it's a it's a musical technique but it it creates that creepy effect yeah yeah but i but i think uh, but i think like as a parent like i see it through the lens of the opportunity like i remember years years ago my 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 daughter em and i were out out on a daddy daughter date getting frappuccinos and we're small talking and i i asked her it's like so who are you listening to and she at at the time it was imagine dragons Mm -hmm. and it was like imagine dragons cool uh, what's your favorite song? And she said, oh, this song called Demons. Mm-hmm. And as a dad I, and as a pastor, I was like, tell me more, yeah. you know? <laughs> right? And, as, and so, uh, so, we, uh, so we left Starbucks and we, and, and we went and sat in the car and, and listened to it. And as we're listening to it, it's all about the, the, the internal struggles that this guy's having mm-hmm. with, I want to do this, but I'm living this way. Mm-hmm. And he, what he's calling demons, as a, as a pastor, I, I'm like, that's that's the turmoil of humanity mm-hmm. that uh, that's the that's the foundation for the gospel that's just the 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 striking word that grabs your attention totally yeah, yeah. so so as as a dad i i i had the opportunity to have this great conversation about 
about original sin and and the spiritual condition of all people. Mm -hmm. And this singer sang a song setting the platform for that. So, so it, it gave context for a fantastic conversation. Yeah. Where if I would have said demons, that sounds like a bad song. Mm -hmm. I'm banning them from our household. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't have had that conversation with her. Yeah. And then years later we went and saw them and it was a rad show. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's one of the things too. It's like anything else in the world, right? Is you have to uh, help teach your kids how to filter and how to handle things as opposed to just separating it from them. And then I feel like they graduate and then they just go dive into whatever anyway, because they don't know how to process things in a healthy way. And that's been, and that's been like, as a, as a dad and as a pastor, like one of my, one of my drivers is like, is a a worldview. Like I, I talk a lot about a a biblical worldview because how you see things Mm -hmm. is how you're going to experience it. So like for a child, um, I controlled that, right? It was like, these are the movies we watch. These are the things I'm exposing you to. But as Mm -hmm. my kids have gotten older and as as I, and, and as I I walk with people who have read some of the Bible and they understand the basics of the story, now we can listen to music or we can watch Mm -hmm. a movie or we can talk about a social situation through a lens that we can we can discern what the message is mm-hmm. and if it's if it's a positive one if it's a negative one so you can make those decisions so instead of just like black and white no we're going to cut off all that stuff and we're only going to listen to the these things and watch rated G movies mm-hmm. it's like there's some m- most of my favorite movies are rated R movies mm-hmm. right it, it, and they have beautiful stories yeah. of redemption but i think the the counter of that too is recognizing that brains are developing mm-hmm. uh, and and knowing the appropriate time to allow like is your is is your child brain developed enough and mature enough to handle figuring out how to process through some of that stuff because i think that we can uh at least in our house sometimes we can be guilty of exposing maybe a little bit sooner than we should um and then we have the repercussions of that where you're like oh man i you know what i mean um and so uh trying to be be wise about uh, how much do you let them see and when? But totally. I mean, your your kids are older than mine, and yeah. your kids are older. Than, we're kind of like in three different phases, really. Yeah. And so, um, how does that play out in your household, Matt? I mean, are you kind of having those like Theo's thirteen? So are you having those conversations with him as well? Yeah, similar to that. You know, in terms of what is in terms of music or movie, any kinds of entertainment. Uh, what is the message that's being spoken here and what is it? And, you know, sometimes it's just pure entertainment, right? Like that's, that's all it is and we enjoy it for what it mm-hmm. is. But other times, um, you know, having the deeper conversation. So, you know, my son is right now really into war type stuff mm-hmm. and he wants to be in the military when he grows up and, you know, all that's, yeah. <laughs> all that's exciting too. <laughs> and so uh, I had him read the book Unbroken. And the yeah. deal was, is once you finish Unbroken, we'll watch the movie together. And so it's opened up the opportunity for, you know, some conversation about World War II mm-hmm. and what was going on there and what was actually behind the, you know, the drive of the whole war was really came down to image of God. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in movies, particularly in that space, like I said, with some of the NF stuff, looking at that and, and going, what's really going on here? What's he singing about? What's he saying? So, mm-hmm. yeah, those are happening. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and... You know, it's interesting, too. I mean, when you think about this, should I listen to, like, is Christian music the only music I should listen to? And some people have that stance, right? Like, you shouldn't listen to secular music at all. It's all garbage. It's all junk. Um, that that has crept in even to, to what we do in the church where, uh, 
you know, some music will be described as good and other music is bad. Like even the introduction of like an, a guitar, you know, like that, that was divisive for lots of churches and things like that, that, or, or the drum kit or, or any of these things. And, and I don't think that one music style, uh, is good or bad over another one. Um, but certainly the hearts and the lyrics behind what you're singing about are. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody that um, struggled with alcoholism, you know, and uh, they would, uh, you know, sit and listen and uh, drink and listen to Pearl Jam. And, and basically he said, he said, I don't know how else to describe it. I was worshiping the band, you know, um, and that this wasn't the, a conversation with me, by the way. This was not James. No. Okay. Yeah, it, it was somebody <laughs> not sitting on my right. <laughs> may or may not be in the no. Uh, but uh, so, but it, it's kind of like for some people though. If I struggle with alcoholism, right, uh, I can't touch alcohol, and I recognize about that. I recognize that about myself, and maybe that it is maybe listening to a certain music style or or music. Maybe it takes you to a dark place that you need to recognize that in yourself. And it's not like uh, an umbrella for everybody. Like everybody, get rid of it, you know. But maybe it's it's unhealthy for you spiritually. Totally, and and I think a lot of that has to do with 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 your maturity and with where you are spiritually and emotionally. I mean, like 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 in high school for me, I I love Pink Floyd. And I, gosh, I'm I, drinking and worshiping the band. Oh, well, oh, oh, oh wait, absolutely. no, that wasn't you. That wasn't you. That wasn't you. And I'm just kidding. I, I bought and th- threw away Pink Floyd The Wall prob- pr- probably six times uh-huh. because I, I would get it. He appreciated that, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, <laughs> you gave them so much money. <laughs> they loved it. And, uh, but I'd listen to it and I would just like camp out there. And my girlfriend at the time or my family family would notice like I'd I'd just start talking like this and I would go to this weird and it's just like, dude, are you back on the wall? And it was Mm -hmm. like, you need to listen to something else because as a as a teenager, it it affected me like it. It brought my emotions and my depression and all those things to the surface. Like mm-hmm. I was able to identify with the music in a way that wasn't redemptive. Yeah. And at the time, I wouldn't have used the word redemptive. I, sure. I wasn't a Christian. It was like yeah. you know. But but, but now it, I can it look was, back. But it was affecting your soul in that totally. way. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, Matt, through throughout the years, uh, have you noticed music having any kind of different? positive or negative influence in your life? Yeah, I think so. You know, in, in terms of what we're talking about here, I think that when it comes to, like, this is one of my huge, like, soapboxes, is the sacred-secular divide that we have. Like, when we talk about secular music, what are we talking about? Like, the top 15, 20 songs? Mm-hmm. You know, because at the basic level, and James, don't, like, keep your knife in your pocket, but <laughs> at the basic level, music is math, right? It's yeah. it's rhythms, it's beats, it's sounds, it's silence, right? And that's neither... Isn't six, eight the mark of the beast or something? <laughs> sure. And that's neither, it's neither secular or sacred in that space. And so where I oftentimes go to is, like, Genesis chapter 1 that says... You know, God's created all things, and he made them good. Mm-hmm. And then Paul says, you know, whatever is, whatever is good, whatever's worth of virtue, like put your mind uh, to that. And so when it comes to what we listen to in music, like very much I've tried to like separate myself from that discussion of what is sacred and what is secular and really asking maybe not like the moral question, mm-hmm. but the aesthetic question. Um, 
what is beautiful, what is honoring mm-hmm. in that space. And yeah. I think that when we go down that road for me, and I think of, you know, different albums or songs or whatever, certainly they do affect us differently, you know. Um, I like to listen to more upbeat, uh, faster, even more aggressive songs when I'm working out. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm driving around by myself, I typically listen to the songs that are that slow beats chill. per minute makes it really hard to really <laughs> be right. pumping. It's uh, muscles under tension. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, in that space, and I've seen the way that music actually affects people. I mean, we talked a little bit about the science behind that. But one of the things that Pastor Brad, who's a worship leader here, uh, studied was as part of Mercy Music is the kind of healing effects that music has on the body. And he used to speak to me about it. And I'd be like, woo doo 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 Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like yeah. in this space. And then I was with my uh, grandmother after she had um, a pretty severe accident. She was in the hospital struggling, um, and she would have these moments of anxiety where she didn't know who she was, she didn't know where she was at, and she would just kind of freak out, and her heart rate would go, like, through the roof. And uh, in those moments, I actually had Brad's uh, great album that's all his guitar, and it has all of these beautiful hymns of him playing the guitar. And the nurse came in, and she, and my grandmother's heart rate was through the roof, and they were gonna pump her full of meds again. And I said, "Hey, can I just can I just play some music for her and see?" And the nurse said, "Sure." Mm-hmm. And I turned on that music of the hymns that that she grew up listening to being played on the guitar, uh, songs like "Oh Sacred Head," and um, we watched the nurse and I over just a few minutes, like we're talking ninety seconds to two minutes, mm-hmm. like her heart rate come back down, like she yeah. knew the familiar. And the familiar calmed her soul. And yeah. you could see it physically happening in her body in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And it was like from that point on, the two, three days that I was with her, anytime the anxiety would would shoot up, I would just play Brad's album again. Mm-hmm. So I got back and I was like, bro, Spotify is going to pay you a lot of money. And yeah. part of that you need to send to me. That's right. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. But so, yeah, so I've seen it. You know that yeah. side of it, yeah. And, and so, yeah, how it affects us is, yeah. is great. And I think too, and that's the the sacred secular conversation is the reality that the Christian industry kind of puts on a facade. Um, the there's actually a lot of stuff going behind the surface that actually looks really secular. Like the the Christian industry is it's it's an industry. It's, it's a business. It's a business, and they're yeah. they're they're running a business just like everyone else. They're just you know, using a different front and, and they're, they're going after a, and that, that's a big umbrella. Okay. That don't, don't say every Christian artist out there has a, 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 a separate agenda, but I know that there are a lot of Christian, Christian bands that I listened to in high school that fell off the grid for 10 years. And now they're coming back out with albums on secular labels. Uh, one of them, they, they even have a podcast called uh, bad Christian. Um, and they're basically like, Man, we we tried to do the Christian thing and and we just we lost our faith because of the industry, um, and and they've 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 turned away from God because of it. And so um, I, I think for for us we just need to recognize that that's a reality. Um, the flip of that is that truth is truth no matter what, right? Like if something is true, it is always true, and I believe that that derives from God. But just because I'm a secular person doesn't mean that I can't know what a truth is. And so a secular artist can actually write music that is about a truth and is true. Um, and uh, and I think that, that God can use whatever he wants to use to speak to us uh, and, and to, to meet with us and to draw us unto, unto himself, right? And that's, and that's kind of, I mean, my... my attraction to Pearl Jam early on and and like my 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 a love for Eddie Vedder and for 
their their music really came from. I mean, I initially loved the power of their music and like your name's eddie do you just have to be a good musician is that the rule yeah i think so yeah sorry continue and uh, by the way my kids grew up calling him uncle ed so i don't know if they know yet that he's we're not related <laughs> but uh, uh hey, let the dream he, let the dream live on let, man. exactly how come uncle ed never comes to chris for christmas mm -hmm. but um but a part of it started out with like like loving the sound of the guitars and the power and the chord progressions. But as, as I listened more over the years, what I realized is a lot of the anger and a lot of like the issues that their songs are written about. Um, and again, as an adult, I did this, not, not as, a, as a kid or a mm -hmm. teenager, but as an adult, I was like, you know what? I don't like those things either. Mm -hmm. And even 90% of the things that, that they're angry about god's angry about mm -hmm. i mean so much of it is is the injustice in our mm -hmm. world now i differ from from eddie on the solution right but but i can identify with the problem so mm -hmm. i i listen to the songs and and his cry out for justice and for and for order and it's common ground for me does it make mm -hmm. sense so yeah. so it's not that i worship worship them or mm -hmm. i'm i'm flying their flag it's, it's relatable it's relatable and mm -hmm. and as a parent and as a pastor and as a human being with a heartbeat mm -hmm. it's like that's the cry of our culture yeah and if and if i don't and if i am so part of my plug for rock and roll yeah. is if i don't listen to that that voice how effective am i really going to be in in helping those people who are struggling in 2021 with what's going like mm -hmm. if Billie Eilish and if if you know all the bands at Lollapalooza or Coachella like if they're crying out about injustice and if I am not aware of that conversation mm -hmm. how how effective can I communicate the gospel which is timeless and it doesn't change how well can I communicate that into that culture if I'm not listening to the conversation sure that's absolutely it I think that when we Go down that road, Jared, you said that not only is it true, but I think it's also good, right? Like, like God created music and all things are created good. So that's the premise we start from. Mm -hmm. And then humans can decide whether they continue to move that in good ways or move that in destructive ways, right? And so I think that there are those moments where like from a, from a lyrical perspective or the way that it hits you emotionally, which mm -hmm. is what the power of music is, is it touches us emotionally. It's why we sing in church mm -hmm. is because it... It, it activates the emotion within us that we have towards God that we have to be mindful of, of what is that music doing and what is it crying out for and what is it calling in that space. And so, you know, if you are in terms of that music space, if we're listening to a song that is objectifying women, that's probably something that Christians shouldn't pay attention to, mm -hmm. you know? Um, at the same time, if you're listening to a song that's, like James said, crying out for injustice or speaking about the beautiful day going to you too, right? Yeah. Like there is some real truth in that, that we don't have to be ashamed as Christians mm -hmm. uh, to listen to. And then this weird thing has happened in music world where Christian, Christian music is like its own genre now, mm -hmm. which I think is really dangerous because the Christian genre that's been created actually is separate, separating itself from society and in culture and sounds different. Like mm -hmm. the music that we listen to on K-Love or whatever sounds different mm -hmm. than the secular music, which is only creating not a secular, uh, sacred divide, but it's creating a, an us versus them divide, mm -hmm. you know, where we're no longer actually in tune. 
with the culture in order to be able to speak, like James is saying, to mm-hmm. their hearts, to their emotions yeah. in that. It's interesting that you can hear a really good song, you think, this is great, and then you 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 read the lyrics, and it, like, kills the song. Yeah. You know, have you yeah. ever had that experience where you're like, oh, this is awesome, and then you actually read it and go, oh, man, this song sucks. That's too bad. And that's and that's, and that's that's one of the one of the dangers, I think, with, with music is a lot. Of, like, I listened to ACDC growing up, and I honestly didn't realize that 90% of their songs are about sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really. Sure. I mean, I was like, oh, you shook me all night long. That's what that's about, yeah. and it's and I knew all the words, but I, was I a never dance party. Serious? Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> but like, but I think people um, are naive about the power of the lyrics. Yeah. Like I, I, I did this workshop at my old church where uh, it was called Theology and Modern Music, mm-hmm. and and we'd bring people together, and and I'd I'd pre-pick two songs, and we'd listen to it twice. I'd print the lyrics out, and then we'd have an open discussion, kind of a workshop on what's this song about. So you remember a couple mm-hmm. years back, a hosier had a song called Take Me to Church. Mm-hmm. And naively, you could be like, well, that sounds like a nice song. Mm-hmm. Well, if you listen to the song, what he's defining as church is a sexual relationship with his girlfriend. Uh-huh. That is so spiritually. So sitting in a room with teenagers yeah. to like 70-year-old people, we dissected it. And they realized the power of the lyrics yeah. and even words that we put in there, you know, love, well, love can mean a lot of things. Yeah. And you, so for them to realize, or demons back to that, mm-hmm. like it's an, it's a beautiful song. And if you, if you cut it off because it's, you know, it's not about Satan's little buddies. Yeah. yeah. It's about the human condition. Yeah. And, but if people don't think and listen to the message, yeah. And and think critically really is what it comes down to, I think. Do you remember the band System of a Down? Oh yeah. And they had the the lyric Father into your hands I commend my spirit. I remember listening to that in high school and my friend and I are like, I wonder if they're Christians. <laughs> <laughs> it just said it really creepy. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. You know, this lyric conversation is even something we have when it comes to the music that we sing in church. Like there's there's a lot of conversations that wrap around lyrics and whether we should sing them. I mean the latest is uh, the reckless love song mm-hmm. um and you know is god's <laughs> is god's love reckless and we've had a lot of conversation around whether that's a song that christians should sing and if that's theologically correct you know the the lyric that always gets plugged in moments like this is from away in a manger where it says that jesus doesn't cry you know mm-hmm. as a baby and it's like well he, he probably did you know <laughs> should we should we be singing that mm-hmm. in church and you know our our christian uh songs are littered with uh, some theologically inaccurate statements that mm-hmm. are made in them. And we've had conversations about some songs don't get sung yeah. because it's actually speaking to something mm-hmm. theologically. We Even though it's a really good song. Even though it's a really good song and at times a really popular song. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're all of culture is singing that, but we've made the decision just like we would in, you know, quote unquote secular music going, this is probably not something that we would want to sing or like, push on our people because lyrically we're actually teaching them something that's yeah that's not accurate that's not good yeah. so i i have one more thought or, or not thought but uh, we're going to go down we're going to go we're we're going here i'm taking you here so get take ready. us there hang on tight <laughs> so there's a lot of conspiracy theories and things like this that uh, can be wrapped around this but i think that there's some validity there too uh a long time ago i watched a documentary and it was called i sold my soul to rock and roll and it was talking about all of of the actual demonic stuff that was behind 
different artists like literally selling their souls to the devil for the sake of uh, blowing up their their music career. Um, and uh, we understand that uh, Lucifer, who is Satan, who was cast down. Uh, I mean, he. We we have biblical evidence that he was in charge of music, and so if that's something that he did, why would he not use it as a tool for for evil instead of good, right? And so I'm just kind of curious um, when you think about some of that stuff, and it. I mean, they went into like Illuminati and all kinds of different things, you know. But uh, I'm just curious where you guys sit with the the reality or not reality of, is it possible for someone to make a deal with the devil in order to uh, make their career better? See? I told you we were going to go there. Yeah. So, I think I think you can make a deal with the devil to make anything in life better. Yeah. Right? If if we take Scripture at its word that, you know, Satan is the prince of this world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Genesis chapter 6 is probably the scariest moment in that space when, you know, he turns us over to the evil. Mm -hmm. Later on, when Jesus is speaking, he says, you know, go back to your father, who's Satan. Mm -hmm. There's these moments in the space. And I think that anytime that um, advantage that's not holy and pure, right? Mm -hmm. The injustices that we sing about or speak about, uh, all of that is, all those injustices of the world are people climbing on top of each other to get higher up. Sure. In this space. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that music is any different in mm-hmm. that in that world. I think that where I caution people is, is that we're all sinful human beings. You know, and if the only songs that we listen to come from holy and pure people, we're probably not listening to a whole lot of songs. I mean, some of our <laughs> some of our most favorite songs are written by Martin Luther, right? Like A Mighty Fortress is Our God. I mean, these are hymns that we've sang for decades. And Martin Luther, he wasn't that great of a guy when it came to the way that he treated women. Mm-hmm. And um, not that he was, uh, you know, a sexual deviant in that space, but he just wasn't very honoring of women the way that we're supposed to honor women. In fact, Martin Luther tore out James, the, the book, book of James in his, in his Bible. Yeah, his Bible always tore out the book of James because he didn't believe that it was scriptural. Mm-hmm. And yet he's the one who's written these songs that still resonate with us today mm-hmm. and that we hold up as, as good songs. And yet you, you go, well, like there were some things in Martin Luther we wouldn't agree with today, mm-hmm. right? And that we would even probably call sinful. Mm-hmm. And yet God still used him to uh, bring about a message yeah. that's resonated in yeah. the world for hundreds of years. Yeah, there's a, God is always using what was intended for evil yeah. for good. Uh, what? Any thoughts on that, James? You know, I think, I think, I, think, um, I mean, if uh, people are seeking fortune and fame, you know, the, the, like, like Matt said, like, it doesn't matter what the platform is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, over the years, I mean, I have, you know, like the the White Album played backwards mm-hmm. or uh, Jimmy Page. That's the Beatles. Yeah. In case like, you wanted to know. You know, and I mean, yeah. And, and hearing the secret messages. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And what did it and, say when you played it backwards, James? do you still have some of your vinyls because i've never actually participated in a back playing of records backwards that would be like an experience that you have to do something special to your record player to make it play backwards well or you have to hold it it manually i would do it manually got it yeah yeah but yeah so so i i don't i i've i've never subscribed to the idea of like certain people you know uh um, you know, kind of like the Ralph Macchio crossroads, right? Like mm-hmm. the whole, the whole, the uh, the devil will give you all this fame and fortune. But mm-hmm. but 
I definitely think the power of influence and and I've I've felt that over the years uh, whether whether I created it or whether like I remember you know my ACDC and like the first track is is Hell's Bells which is a beautiful song right but I was just like listen when my older brother like yep I'm going to hell now <laughs> and just and you know and as a 13 year old kid like well it's a good song and yeah. you know but like like getting Motley Crue's shout at the devil and just like you know and just like there's something about that re relationship but it, again it's it's an industry mm -hmm. it's a business and 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 there's there's a lot of I mean Ozzy Osbourne and you know the Prince of Darkness and biting off bat heads it was a business it mm -hmm. was like it 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 boosted sales right mm -hmm. so so and it's a business that opens the door to a lot of the things that gratify this the the flesh right when you mm -hmm. think of like you know rock and roll right it's drugs and sex and and all of that which the pleasures of this world so to speak that for whatever reason the music industry has opened it opens the doors to that world for you yeah in that space in ways and so you know whether the devil made me do it or not like the reality is that temptation is there and many people through the years have stepped right into that temptation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, through the industry of music yeah well and the making of that craft yeah. yeah and and even and even even in in the 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 christian genre i mean like like i i i lived in nashville for many years i, I was a studio musician and i i would play gigs with guys on saturday nights who would be you know sleeping with sleeping with girls from the club and all this stuff and then like hey let's meet at three o'clock tomorrow and write some gospel songs mm -hmm. Be because they knew all the christian cl cliches and they knew how to put them together but then there's other christian artists like a hill song does it early days of christian music like michael card and rich mullins and people like that they would write their lyrics and then they would actually send their lyrics to their the elders of their church mm -hmm. and they would have godly people read them and make sure that they were theologically sound mm -hmm. and there there there's christian music even worship songs right that that it's catchy and it has a great hook but it's not biblical mm -hmm. uh, you know and and it's like so i think or that, it's just that, not good yeah well yeah <laughs> and so i so uh, for me it's always been a caution both ways because sure. i don't want my kids or people at my church to be a cliche christian like yeah. i want them to be a legit yeah. Jesus in the world kind well, of we person. We want to be genuine and authentic, right? And we yeah. don't want to be, we don't want to put on a facade and we don't want to uh, just play the part, but we want it to be something that's through and through. And so I think that as a follower of Jesus, I think that's how, I mean, I approach music, right? Is uh, what is it driving me to? How is it affecting me spiritually and emotionally? Is it honoring to God and, it, and is it not? And that's kind of has to be uh, just like anything else, the way that we approach anything else that we do, uh, we have to approach music that same way. Yeah, for sure. So, well, uh, I don't have any other final thoughts. So, no, I think I'm out of thoughts. Yeah, okay, me, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm clean out. So, uh, it's so good. Thank you, James, for for coming on and, and talking about this stuff with us. So good to have you. Good to with be here, us. guys. Uh, we are uh, doing all kinds of awesome stuff all the time at Crossroads. Uh, we're getting ready to start our new Luke series uh, in, in a in a week. Is that this week? Uh, next weekend. Next yep. weekend. Yep. And so, uh, make sure to check that out. Check out our other podcasts, and uh, look forward to being with you guys. Yeah.